Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Thanks for that, Zach. You, uh, you can't give me the same nickname as someone else. Water breathing dragon. Water breathing dragon? That's a good one. Oh, what's up, guys? How's it going? Oh, come on. That's as good as we're doing after that awesome worship? How are we doing? Besides CJ, how's everybody else doing? Thank you. Thank you. Man. Matt, Matt is gone tonight, and you know what? we got to have some energy here. He's not the only person that has energy in this place. I know that that's true. No, no, you don't do this. And I've seen people have energy, but it's just that Matt is so dominating in the energy game that nobody else likes to show theirs, okay? Today, you need to show that you have some energy, okay? I need some help up here uh, bringing the word, okay? So when I say, how's everybody doing? I need a good response. That's looking at you. you your, yours is a bad response, man. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Welcome to church, guys. I'm super pumped to be up here. Uh, like we've said many times, Matt and Adrienne are off celebrating their anniversary, having a great time. Um, so we're holding down the fort. I'm going to bring the word today. I feel like it's, it's a word that uh, was placed on my heart. And throughout the process of kind of going through and, and working through what I was going to say, it actually convicted me a lot as I was like typing the words and figuring out what I was going to say and reading through it. Um, so I feel like it's going to be good. I hope that it has the same effect for you guys. Uh, I'm not Matt, so I'm not going to talk forever. We're going to have a nice, uh, short, and sweet message today. Uh, but I'm going to start um, today. I'm just The title of my message is House of Cards. Okay, if you're taking notes, which you should be, it's the only way to get into heaven. Just kidding. Um, but it does help your eyes. Theologically incorrect? Incorrect. Incorrect, okay. Anyways, the title is House of Cards, alright? So I'm going I'm to read some scripture, and, uh, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into it, okay? Alright, so I'm coming uh, out of Matthew, okay, chapter 7, verse 21 through 27. And it says, starting in verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Anyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like, the, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you for your scripture and your word. Uh, thank you for the power that it holds and uh, the, the substance that we can get from it. We pray that you would just bless this word today, uh, that you would help us to just pull as much out of it as we can. 
and that you would just uh, you would just convict our hearts, Lord, that you would have your way in this place. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright. Who here has built something before? Like literally anything. So I feel like even I mean even if it's something really small, like I mean it can be maybe you're creative, you like to draw or you know do little crafty things. Um, my wife likes to do little crafty things all the time. Um, I mean, it can be something like that. Uh, if you're into something a lot cooler, like myself, um, I like to build, I like to build uh, Lego. Okay, I know, I, I get it. This is, I know, this is where everybody calls me a nerd and moves me off the stage. It's fine. I'm gonna preach through. I don't care what you think. All right. Lego is awesome. Or maybe, I mean, I've seen some. Some people make like handmade furniture, which just like blows my mind that they could actually take wood and like build something with it like that, which is really cool to me. Um, because I mean, people probably did that before we had machines that did all that for us. So I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, or maybe you've built something that's a little bit different, like you, you've built a, a family or you've built a business. Now, the, the chances are every single person in here at some point in their life, no matter how big or small, has built something. And when you're, when you're creating something, when you're building something, one of the main things that is in that process is concentration. See, it's your, your focus. Okay, what you're, what you're putting that focus on. Okay? When you are building something, you have to focus on that thing or there's a chance that you can mess it up. There's a chance that you can kind of divert from the plan and, and something won't go as how it's supposed to go. And personally, like I said, I, I know I'm a nerd. I like doing, I like building with, with Lego and making, I have a whole desk full of Star Wars Lego and it's awesome. But one of the best things like to me about doing that is that it's a time where I just, I'm sitting down and I'm focusing on this one thing. I get to put all my focus into this project and, and, it, and hopefully it comes out the right way because I'm focusing on it. The other thing that I really like about that is it's something that me and my daughter can, can do together. I'm sure you've seen her up here. She's seven, she's awesome. Um, but it's something that we can do together. We can kind of build as a team, create something that is really cool together. And it's, it's also one of the things that I like about doing that with her is that I get to watch her while she is building and we're taking turns going back and forth and I get to watch her and, and her concentration that she's putting into the, the project. Now, if you, have, if you have kids or you've been around kids at all, that's probably pretty apparent when they are working on something, they, they put all of their focus and energy into that one thing. And I don't know if it's because, I mean, their, their brains are developing and they, like, if they don't focus on that one thing and they're all over the place. But usually, from what I've seen with my daughter, is if she is, is creating something, she is focused solely on that one thing to the point where it's, it's almost annoying to me because she will completely ignore, like, every word that I say. Like, I'll try to get her attention and it is just, she doesn't respond, she is just locked in to what she is building with no regard for anything that's going on around her. Um, and, and that's, it's, like I said, it's annoying, but it's, it's pretty cool to, to watch how she concentrates on things. And this actually happened on just this, this past Friday night. Um, Evelyn has this little bracelet making 
it's, I don't even know what it's called, but it's a little station where you take little rubber bands and you wrap around these little plastic things. Ladies probably know what I'm talking about. But you make these little rubber band bracelets and she is just like obsessed with it, okay? She loves it. And Friday night she was making some of these and it got to be pretty late, so it was time for bed. So we told her, you know, you can finish this last one that you're doing, but you have to go to bed after that, okay? She didn't really like that, so it turned into a debate, which ultimately ended in her going to bed anyways and not making another one because I run a dictatorship. And she's not gonna debate me on that. But anyways, after we, we got her to bed, and we, we prayed, we tucked her in, got her laying down, and then Shani and I were sitting on the couch, just uh, just sitting there, kind of letting everybody, like just relaxing from the day, waiting for her to like fall asleep. And a few minutes go by, and then Shani hears some noises like coming from her room, like real faint, small, like clicking noises. So she's like, she's like, babe, I, I think like she's still awake. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna investigate. So. It just so happens that with Evelyn's bedroom, she has a, um, there's like a little vent in the wall, and there's a vent on both sides. So if you look like through it, you can actually see in their room. So I like hopped over, I hopped over the couch, and I was like army crawling towards the vent, and I'm just like doing my recon work, just because if she is asleep, I don't want to go in there and like wake her up, but I don't think she is asleep. So I kind of peeked through the vent. And I look over and, and I see like she was wearing a black shirt and there's just like the one side of the vent and she's just like sitting there on the floor, black shirt. And I was like, oh, I got you. You're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. So I go into the room, I open up the door and she has this terrified look on her face. She like turns around and like, crap, somebody caught me. And she has her bracelet kit back out and she's making the bracelet anyways that I told her she wasn't gonna make. And you know, that didn't. That wasn't a great situation because I had to be the, the tough guy. I don't like doing that, um, but I had to. So I was like, "Listen, I'm taking this kit. You're going back to bed. Lay down. It's time to go to sleep. End of story." Okay. So she wasn't happy, kind of crying a little bit, but I had to be tough. All right. But I finally got her back to sleep and sat back down in my spot on the couch, just relaxing. And as I was just thinking through that. It just it kind of hit me like, how often, you know, is, is that exactly how we respond to the Lord when He is calling us to do something? Yeah. You know, th that, that whole entire situation, we respond in a really similar way. You know, we can get so caught up in, in the little areas of life and just put so much importance into them you know, that it actually steals our focus away from Jesus and what He is asking us to do. And, and you know, it's, it's really easy to do. You know, we, we have so many options available to us in terms of distractions. You know, it's really easy for me, myself, to, you know, I'll be coming home from work and I have that little bit of motivation where I'm like, man, when I get home today, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm just going to be in, in the Word. I'm going to be praying tonight. It's going to be so good. And I get home and I'm a little bit tired, so I sit down on the couch and maybe Shani's watching a show or something, so I'm kind of watching. And the next thing I know, I've been watching Netflix for like three hours, and I've read the Bible zero. And it just like, just like that, it just slips away. My, my focus is not on what I wanted to be focused on. And, you know, it's not a rant against Netflix or anything, but I, what I wanted to ask though is just like, where is your focus? 
You know, is your focus placed on the works that Jesus has called you to? Now, because just like, like a young kid who gets sucked into a craft or a project to the point where, you know, they don't hear anything around them, it's easy to get wrapped up in what we have going on. And we can actually block out the, the voice of Jesus pretty easily when we get sucked into that situation. Because um, so many times our, our, our focus can be very short-sighted. You know, we can't see the whole picture like Jesus can. We can only see one step in front of us. So we focus on what we can see, that the, the, what is right there, and we don't always keep that focus on what God has called us to. Yeah. <clears throat> and well, reading that scripture, I know those, those first three verses can be pretty heavy and pretty controversial to a lot of people. But, you know, maybe they aren't really meant to be that controversial. I'm going to read through verses um, 21 through 23 again. But he just says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now, I'm never ever going to proclaim to be uh, a master of theology, okay? But when I read that, the thought that I have is this. That God calls us to certain jobs. He calls us to certain communities. You know, he, he calls us to a specific spouse, I mean, even even leads us to a specific church, right? And, you know, we can follow that calling, and we can take that job that he is leading us to. We can marry that person that he has intended for us to marry. You know, we can attend the church that he's led us to. We can do all those things. And we can get to the place where he has called us, and then we can put our focus on something that isn't what he intended us to focus on, and that can actually pull us away from our calling in the end, okay? Now, I, I know that sounds kind of confusing, so I'm going to explain a little bit. Um, so you, you can take the job that he has called you to, and you know, it might be a, a great job. It might be fantastic. You can enter that workplace with the best of intentions, you know, and, and it starts off great. And, you know, then maybe you kind of fall into the, the same old work routine as the previous job that you had. You know, it, it, it happens pretty easily. You know, when you started, you had all this energy like, oh, man, God has called me to this new job. I'm just going to talk to everybody about Jesus. You know, we are starting a freaking revolution. Let's go. Like, I'm coming into this workplace and it's going to be awesome. And then, you know, after a while, you've, you know, you worked there for a year and you've talked to some people about Jesus, but there hasn't really been that revolution that you thought was going to happen. You know, that's not what you'd hope for. And, you know, the weeks start to kind of feel long and tiresome. You're kind of back in that daily grind routine. And, you know, maybe your main focus has shifted a little bit. So maybe it's not the, the impact that you can have in that workplace anymore. But maybe that's shifted to how much money you can make. You know, how, how can you keep climbing that pay scale ladder so you can get to that next tier, get that little bit bigger paycheck and keep climbing that way? You know, how you can get that next promotion. And, again, the same with, like I said about Netflix. You know, there's nothing wrong with 
wanting to have a, a good career. There's nothing wrong with wanting to, to make good money for you and your family. I, I want that for you. I want that for me. It's, it's not something inherently negative to want that. But where is your focus? Because if that has become your main focus, then you're, you're missing the point of being called to that place to begin with. And you know, the same can happen with, with your relationship as well. You know, the Lord has, has called you to that special someone. And, you know, you guys got married and started a family. It's, it's awesome. It's a good thing. But maybe somewhere along the way, you know, your again, your focus shifts a little bit. It stops being, you know, our focus is on having a godly relationship and raising our family in a godly way. And, you know, maybe it, it slips into... You know that that keeping up with the Joneses mentality. You know you got to keep up appearances. Maybe you maybe you are the Joneses. Maybe you're the ones that in your community you are kind of setting the standard for what your house should look like. You know you kind of set that standard for for all that stuff. And you know Jesus is still important, but he's just not the most important thing. You know I need that I need that white picket fence with the pool in the backyard. Once I get that BMW, then I'll be content. And again, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I would love a BMW. I would love to be up here like Oprah, like you get a BMW and you get like everybody here gets a BMW. I would love that, okay? But again, where is your focus? You know, because these things, like I said, they're not inherently evil, but when they start to consume your focus and take it away from Jesus, then they become sinful. They distract us from our calling. That's when they become that negative influence. And it's not just material things like, like jobs and money and cars and, you know, how hot your spouse is, like how big your house is, all that stuff. It's not just material things. Because there's a lot of other stuff that can actually pull us away from what Jesus is calling us to as well. Now, for some of us, doing church itself can actually pull us away from, from our calling that Jesus had, has for us. And I know that sounds kind of backwards and weird, okay? As crazy as it sounds, it's very true. I mean, if we look at verse 22 again. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? We can show up and we can go through the motions of being a Christian. We can learn to play that part pretty easily. And I say, myself personally, I grew up in the church. My dad was in youth ministry my entire childhood. As I got older, he went and became a, an actual pastor at a church. I learned to play that role from a very young age. I, I, I learned to play it well. You know, I learned what to say to the older people at church when they're asking me questions. To sound like the little angel child. I learned that, how, how to keep that front up, how to wear that mask with a smile on it, when really underneath it's, it's, it's ugly and it's sinful. It's easy to, to kind of have that front built up, to tell people what they want to hear. And just like in verse 22 there, you know, we, we can actually do amazing things in Jesus' name. Now, when we pray in Jesus' name, crazy things happen. That's how powerful his name is. Amen. Is that it will be effective 
even if our heart is not in the right place, when we yeah. use His name, it is effective. Yeah. Now we can we can pray for healing in Jesus' name, and then when we see that healing happen, it can it can kind of we can kind of flip it. All of a sudden, we start to get a big head. Our ego can kind of come in there, and you know, look what God can do through me. I just prayed over that person, and they saw healing happen in their body. I, I must be, I must be gifted. Right. I must be able to to hear God, and then He works through me. You know, maybe you have like a, a word of, of encouragement, knowledge for somebody that you like the Lord has just placed on. You feel like you have to tell this person something, so you go do it. You deliver the message that the Lord has placed on your on your heart. Same thing afterwards. Man, that felt good. You know, Jesus just uses me in a supernatural way to impact people. That's how important I am. It's very easy to fall into that that pattern. And you know, maybe you're in that place of being involved and, and serving, and you know, you, you have that front built up. Well, underneath you, you know, you're just really struggling to, to keep it together one more Sunday that you show up and it's I just have to I just have to keep going. I, I can make it through this service as long as I just keep this front up and you know nobody actually sees what's going on inside here. And that's the very reason why I titled this message House of Cards. Because so often in life we get just we get consumed and caught up in and building all of these things in our lives that that aren't actually important. Or I mean they simply just don't compare. They they pale in comparison. To, to Jesus and his calling for us. And we place so much significance in, in this, this bank account and how high I can get this number or you know how big I can build up this business, how spiritual I can look to other people. You know, that what status can I gain by by looking like I know what I'm doing and looking like I'm very holy and spiritual. And we build all these things up when Really, it's just, it is literally a house of cards that is just blown over so easily whenever any real life circumstances come our way. It's just blown over and destroyed. Now, when we feed our focus into these things that aren't what God has called us to be our main focus, we are literally like that fool in verse 23. He's building his house on the sand. And when the storm of life comes, everything gets demolished and blown away because it's not anchored in Jesus' name. There's nothing supporting it. And I, you know, I was actually, I was actually going to build a little house of cards up here, like do a little demonstration, you know, add some flair to my message, build my clout, as CJ would say. But uh, actually, it's really hard to do that. I'm not capable of, of actually building out a little house of cards, which I've tried to do many times. You could blue. I thought about that, but that is de deceptive. I don't like that. I <laughs> but I was unable to do it, so I moved on. But honestly, guys, I think that, that far too often we're focused on building all these areas of our lives up um, that we can really get ahead of ourselves. We can kind of put the, the cart before the horse, if you will. You know, we, we strive so hard to accomplish something that we, we want it right now. We end up actually just, just doing things that are detrimental to our own spiritual well-being in the process without even realizing it sometimes. Now, when, when I was about six or seven years old, uh, my dad was, um, 
he was the coach of a one of the, one of the baseball teams for a local high school back in the Thunder Mission where I grew up, and I got to be the bad boy because my dad was the coach, and it was awesome. It was like the coolest thing ever because I got like my own uniform that I was just like swimming in because it was a high school uniform and it was huge. But I got my own uniform. I got to hang out with like all the the high school guys, and I got to like choose sunflowers to use just like them, and just like sit on the bench with them. It was awesome. I loved it. And it was clearly a good thing. I was, I was meant to be there and have that job. You know, my dad was the coach. He gave me that position. So it was, a, it was a good thing that I was there. But I became so focused on my job, which my job, if you don't know, like as the bat boy, my job was to like sit there in the dugout and then when somebody would get a hit, they drop their bat, they take off running to first base and my job as the bat boy is to run out to home plate and grab their bat and bring it back to the dugout. Like every time somebody gets a hit, that was my job. So my sole focus was just how fast can I go out there and get that bat and get it back to the dugout? You know, because as a six-year-old, you're like, well, I'm the fastest person on the planet. Like I'm gonna run out there and grab this bat so fast and get back. Nobody's even gonna see me, I'm so fast. So I, I was so focused on that that the, the one, this one play one of our guys gets a hit, takes off down towards first base, and I was like, all right, that's me. I take off, run out of the dog towards home plate to go get this bat. But what I didn't realize is that the play wasn't over yet. He had hit it into the outfield, and there was another one of our players that was, at the moment that I was running towards home plate, he was rounding third, coming towards home. And at the same time, the outfielder had grabbed the ball, and he was throwing to home plate to make a play. The catcher going to receive the ball is him standing in front of home plate. The ball is coming in towards his mitt. Our guy's running full speed in towards the plate, starting to slide. And all the while, six-year-old Scott is just standing here trying to get this bat, totally unaware of anything else that's going on around him. So there is gonna be a collision. Like there is going to be a disastrous play that happens right here where this little kid just gets taken out by this high schooler running full speed. It's gonna be awful. And right at the last second, right before there is a collision, the umpire who is standing right behind home plate scooped me up underneath my armpits and just swung me out of the way. All the while still like making the call, whatever, I don't even know what, if he was out or saying, I don't even, I don't know. But I was so focused on getting the bat that I walked right into a very dangerous situation. <clears throat> See, when we're striving for things that, that aren't meant to be our main focus, we can, we can miss things very easily. Yeah. We can feed into harmful situations thinking that, that we're doing the right thing. But when we choose to build our lives on the solid rock, the firm foundation that is Jesus, no matter what season of life comes, you know, no matter what storm might come, no matter, how bleak, no matter how bleak it may look, you know, we have that firm rock to stand on, to stay planted on, to keep our footing on and to keep fighting on. We have that firm foundation because he offers us protection. You know what? He's not going to get washed away. He's not going to crack or fade. He's always going to be there. Come on, somebody, somebody give him some praise because that is, that's how good he is. That is the good news of our Jesus. 
He deserves all the praise because that, like I said, that is the, the good news of our God. Now, when we obey his word and we, we walk in the calling that he has for us, he blesses that faithfulness. Now, when we focus our eyes on him first and foremost, he blesses that. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Lord, if you guys can probably make your way back up here now. Like I said, I'm keeping it short and sweet today. But stand firm in the Lord. Make Him your sole focus. And build your house on the rock. And watch what kind of blessings are poured out on your life. It's, it's incredible to witness that. When you really build, build on that firm foundation that is Jesus, the blessings that can just be poured out on your life, it's insane. And that's the truth, and that's the good news of our Jesus, is if you remain in him with your sole focus on him, blessings come. And if everyone, I mean, if everyone could just stand, we're going to close service out today in worship. Um, and as, as, we, as we worship, you know, I would encourage you to, to make that full surrender to Jesus. You know, I don't know your situation. You know, I'm not gonna try to like act like I know everybody's individual individual situation. But I can guarantee that you guys have been building something that has kind of taken that place of Jesus as your sole focus. Because we're human, it happens very easily. We build things up that become our main focus. And it pulls our, our focus away from Jesus. It distracts us. So, actually, if everybody could just, just bow your head and close your eyes, you know, it, it, would be a, it would be a mistake for me to not just present an opportunity here. If you feel like right now that you are just building aimlessly, something that has taken your focus off of Jesus. And you need to reset that focus. Whether, I mean, whether it's the first time or if it is just a, a reset, you need to reset your focus on Jesus. You need to surrender what you've been building. You need to surrender the house of cards to him so that you can build on that firm foundation. I'm, I'm going to count to three. And I would just ask that you just raise your hand just high enough and long enough for me to see it just as a an outward expression of what's happening on the inside of you. Just so I don't want praying over here. But if you feel like you need to surrender right now and need to start building on that solid foundation, I'm just going to count to three. Just raise your hand. One, two, three. That's awesome. That's amazing, guys. That's really awesome. Honestly, that is the best decision you'll ever make. We're going to pray as a, as a church family together over these people that are surrendering here. So if you guys can just pray along with me. Lord, we, we thank you for this time that we've been able to gather in your name. We thank you for these individuals who 
are setting their focus solely on you. They're choosing to build on your firm foundation that is not shaken. They're giving it up to you and just allowing you to build in them whatever your will is for them, God. We thank you so much that you are, you're a good God, that your story ends in good news, and that you have made sacrifices to save us again and again. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, give it up for those people that just raised their hands, honestly. Yeah.